Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Destiny Today podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Turner. Today, I'd like to share a message with you entitled, A Legacy of Purpose. I pray that it is a Kairos word that speaks to you and perhaps even gives clarity to something that's stirring in your heart. Our desire is to connect with you and to explore life and purpose from a kingdom perspective. We want to do this through inspirational messages and biblical teaching and informative discussions with special guests. Our goal is to equip and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. We hope this blesses you today. I'm going to be raw today. Is that all right? I'm going to be raw and real. And one of the things that happened to me a long time ago, I've been in ministry going on 36 years. And I've pastored two churches. And after my first church, my promise to the Lord was that I would never do that again. And I went back into corporate America and I started working for the airlines. I used to work for American Airlines. Many of you already know that. But one of the things that I remember saying is I felt Holy Spirit started to breathe on the fires of my purpose again. He started breathing on the fires of my purpose. Wow, I feel it already. He started breathing on the fires of my purpose and I didn't want him to. I didn't. As a matter of fact, here I was. I had been a pastor, and I'd stepped down from my church, and I'd gone back into corporate America, and my words to him was, I will never do that again. I love you, but your church is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I I told you I'm going to be real. And so I remember there there was this season I really went through a dark night of the soul. And one of the things that I said to him at one point is, God, you know, I hate church. Now, you don't have to raise your hands. But there was a point in time in my life where I loved God, but I hated church. That's what I said to him. I hate church. And he said these words to me, no, you don't. And I said, yes, I do. He said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. And it went back and forth. I'm serious. It went back and forth. I was like, no, I don't. I do not like church. I hate church. He says, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. No, I mean, I said, I hate church. He says, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I said, yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. And then he finally stopped it. And he said these words, oh. And these words have plagued me ever since he said it. He says, you cannot hate what you've never seen. Selah. Think on that for a moment. Because I was in my 40s when he said that. I'm, I, I was grown up. I was brought up in the church. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I have seen the church. I've been a member of the church since I was a baby. My grandmother brought me to church. I remember going to all of those little missionary society meetings. I was Baptist, so she took me to Baptist training union. I went to Bible study. I went to BTU. I'm like, I know church. She was like, no, you don't know church. What you, he, he says, He says, you can't hate what you've never seen. And a lot of what you've seen has been the traditions of men. Yeah, Selah. 
And so I said, Father will reveal to me. Because he said, upon, my, upon this rock, I will build my church. Everybody say, he says he's going to build his church. And what is about the season that we're in right now is a season where Jesus is revealing his church. His church. He's revealing his church. That's what he's doing. And I began to go on this journey with him that started in about 2005, where he began to reveal and show to me things. And he said, I'm, I am actually the scripture that he called me into ministry was Jeremiah 1. And, and for the first, I got called when I was 19 years old. So when, when I said yes, the first thing I said to him is I'm just a kid. I grew up in a region of, of the South where the youngest preacher I knew was 70 years old. So it was like to be 19 and called into ministry, I was like, I'm just a kid. And he took me to Jeremiah where it says, say not that I am a child, for you will speak what I speak. And behold, he put his... He put his, he touched my lips and he says, I put my words in your mouth. And then in verse 10, it says, I have set you over the kingdoms and over the nations to root out, to destroy, to overthrow, to, to pull down, to build and to plant. Six things that he says there. And four of them are all about removing the thing that is so that he can do what he really wants to do. He said, root out, pull down, destroy, overthrow, so that I can build and plant. Because I won't build on anyone else's foundation, and I won't build, and I won't plant where, there is, uh, where the ground has not been broken up. Whoa. So a lot of what we as the body of Christ are experiencing right now is something new that really we've never seen before. It's, an, it's a revelation of the power of God that many of us have never really encountered before. And because of it, Father says, now I'm about to reveal purpose to you. I'm about to reveal why you were created. You're not just breath in britches. You're not just uh, somebody going, uh, an accident going somewhere to happen. There is a design, a purpose, a specific purpose for your life. And then I began to see some things through the word and through revelation and through my walking with the Father. And I remember early on, I was, I've pastored my first church when I was 24 years old. Like I said, I got called into ministry when I was 19. So five years later, I'm the senior pastor of a church. Started with 12. It, it really never grew to more than about 140, 150. And I was on fire for the Lord, man. I was so on fire for the Lord. But I had this desire to see, you know, I looked at the scripture and I looked at where we lived and I wanted to know why is it that the God, you know, you remember when Elijah went up into heaven 
in a whirlwind, and his mantle fell, and Elisha grabbed that mantle, and he walked back to the river of Jordan. He was on the wrong side of the river. See, so yeah, that's, that's, I'm just going to throw this in here really quick. He walked with Elijah, and he kept saying Elijah would stop in a city. He'd stop in Jericho, and he'd say, you wait here. He says, no, as the Lord liveth and my soul, and, and my soul liveth, I'm going with you. And he kept doing that, and he went through like three or four cities, and then they got to the Jordan, and they were on, they were on the right side of the Jordan, and Elijah takes his mantle, and he strikes the water, and the waters part, and they walk through on dry land to the other side. And when they get to the other side, that's when the whirlwind comes. First of all, he asked them as they were walking, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. That's what I want. You're my papa. I want a double portion of what you got. And he says, you ask a hard thing, but... If you see me when I go up, you can have what you ask. And they walk across, and as they are talking, it says that a chariot. Now, here's the thing that I want you to understand, because there are two things here. The Bible says that there was a chariot of fire that came between them as they were walking. Can you imagine you hear this noise, and you look back, and there are fire horses coming towards you, and a chariot coming towards you? And, and it says it, it, it went between them, so you know it was big enough to knock them apart. But here's the thing. Now, the scripture, if you look at this, the Bible says, now look, a chariot came between them, but it said that Elijah went up in a whirlwind. There were two things happening. So, he said, remember what Elijah said to Elisha, if you see me when I go up. You can have what you ask. Now, what comes between them? A chariot of fire comes between them. So it would be very easy to keep your eyes on the chariot of fire while your master is taken up in a whirlwind. You're looking at the chariot of fire, and you don't even see a whirlwind taking him up this way. But he kept his eyes not all of this stuff caught his eye. He kept his eyes on his spiritual papa. And he said, my father, my father, the chariot of God and the horsemen thereof. And then the mantle comes. But remember, he's on the wrong side of the Jordan. He grabs the, the mantle. He walks to the Jordan. And this is what he says. Where is the God of Elijah? And he did what he saw his father do. And he smote the waters and it split so that he could get back to the side where his ministry would begin. See, many times what happens with us is we know what we've been called to do, but we're out of alignment. We're on the wrong side of purpose and destiny. So what I'm here to do today, real quick, is to share with you about the legacy of purpose. A legacy of purpose. A legacy of purpose. That's what I told Pastor Donnie I was going to talk about today, and I am. A legacy of purpose. Now, I'm going to share something really quick. A lot of this is going to be primarily some testimonial things about my life, some things I've had to walk through, and I hope that in my sharing this with you, uh, it will 
bring some revelation and light to what your purpose is and why the enemy comes at you. See, here's the thing that I think one of the biggest travesties in the body of Christ is that we don't realize how powerful, how amazing, and how fearfully and wonderfully made we are. We don't realize that. Many times we think, we think that, you know, it can happen for Pastor Donnie and it can happen for Pastor Heather. It can happen for Sandra, but it can never happen for me. When we hear about God using someone, moving them, or they seem so confident. There, there have been a lot of people who said to me, when they, they were like, Pastor Anthony, you travel all over the world, and you're just so confident. I wish, I wish I could. You don't have to wish. Father has a design for you. But what I want to share with you today is some of the things that the enemy has tried to do to hinder us from stepping into purpose. There's a diabolical scheme. And it's, look at your neighbor and say, it's so much bigger than you think. See, first of all, it's bigger than you think because you are more powerful and more important than you could ever imagine or realize. I want to I, I, I shout it from the rooftops to the church as we hear ISIS and all of this stuff go on. We hear about all of this, and we feel like we're hopeless. We feel like a lot of the church feels like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? If you read the back of the book, that book, you'll find out we win. <laughs> Hello? Amen. If you read the back of the book, it says, now thanks, it says this about him. He says, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. That's what it says in Revelations. And then it says this, because the angel of the Lord said, I wept, because there was an angel that stood and said, or John said, I wept, but the angel stood and said, who is worthy to loose the seals and open the book? And John said, I started crying because I didn't think anybody was worthy. But then all of a sudden, the angel says, stop crying. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy and he has prevailed. And all through the scriptures, if you read the end of the book, we win. Now let me take you to the middle of the book. Because the middle of the book in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's who we are. And so it's bigger than you think. You are more important than, than, than you think you are. Because the glory of the Lord resides in you. And it, that's been before the foundations of the world. Now, one of the things that I want to kind of touch on is something that as Brother Jim was giving his prophetic word, he said this, and, and it was interesting because it's in my notes. He used the word that Father is going to reveal mysteries. Well, guess what the scripture says in Mark chapter 4? Jesus was preaching. He had preached to the multitudes. It said he always 
preached in parables. After he got done, the disciples pulled him off to the side and said, why do you always preach in parables? What's that all about? And Jesus says these words, to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. What? What? Are you kidding me? To you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So look at your neighbor and say again to them, you are more important than you realize. You are more dangerous than you know. Now, can I share this with you? One of the worst things in the world is to be an agent for God and not know you're an agent. The worst thing in the world right now for you would be to be in an American military uniform with all of the weapons of the United States at your disposal and you're standing in the middle of Iran and don't know that you're in the army. (laughs) Can I share with you that many believers are, that's where we are. We don't know purpose because there's been a diabolical scheme from the enemy before the foundation of the world to keep you clueless as to how important it is for you to step into what you've been ordained to step into. It's so important that you do. And all of hell is trying to keep you from that because the only thing that can stop the onslaught of the enemy is a son or daughter of the Most High God who knows who they are. Is that good stuff? Now, I keep keep forgetting there, was it Rachel or Rebecca that had the twins? Rebecca. Rebecca, okay, thank you. Rebecca is pregnant with twins. They are wrestling within her womb. They are fighting. They are duking it out within her room. This is in scripture. You know, so, that's right. There's twins. That you, yeah, that's right. And she had twins too, right? Well, guess what? Same thing. Same scenario. There are twins inside of Rebecca, Esau and Jacob, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And she, she thinks something is wrong because, you know, it's more than kicking going on in there. She's like, what the? So she inquires of the Lord. She inquires of the Lord. She says, what in the world is going on? Now you're going to get an insight into how the Father sees you. This is the problem that many times we have, is we, we don't understand how the Father sees us. She goes to the Lord and she says, what in the world is going on? He says, there are two, he didn't say two boys inside of you. He says, there are two nations. See, what y'all don't understand is that Ted and Rosie just don't have children. They're building a nation. You have a nation. You have a nation. Now, here's the thing. If God looks at you, You, as a nation, what does that mean? 
It means that what he's doing is he's grooming you through your bloodline to release something in the earth, whether natural or spiritual. You've got to get this. And I'll talk about that in just a minute because there are a lot of people who have not had any natural children and so they think that they've opt out of this. No, let me tell you something. Father looks at you and he sees you as one who is about to birth nations into the earth. Because even though he sees you individually and your own specific needs, Father is about the nations. And his plan is to infiltrate nations with his sons and daughters and develop nations that will bring glory into the earth. Now, he has a purpose and design for every family that ever comes on the earth, every family. So whatever your last name is, Arvisu, Turner, Patton, whatever your last name is, Father sees that as this family line, this bloodline is coming into the earth, and I've put in their DNA something that's going to shift and uproot the enemy out of the earth. Whoa, whoa. I have put something in your, in your family line, in your DNA, that when your, your family is a secret agent family for the glory of God, you have something that no, no other family has, and you're going to release something in the earth through your family. And then you have a child and that child carries your name. And let's say, say that person is a female. That female carries the DNA of that family line. And she is about to release something in the earth. And Father has already ordained that she's going to marry another nation. Whoa! Marcella, what's your maiden name? Padilla. Sefuentes. So... Father has an uh, uh, ordained purpose for the Padilla family. You better hear me. He's got a divine purpose for the Padilla family. They are going to release something in the earth. But then he says, but not only that, I've got something for the Sefuentes family that's going to release something in the earth. But there's something in the Padilla family that I want to connect with the Fuentes family because it's going to be bigger and better than it ever was because that's how the Father does it. He goes from glory to glory to glory. Now, the problem that we've had in the earth is this is, now, this is the scripture. I've got seven minutes, so here we go. Here's the scripture I want to give to you. We all know this scripture. We think we know it. I thought I knew it. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22. Everybody look at Proverbs. No, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. I want you to turn there. We're going to spend the next few minutes there. Next time I come, I'll, I'll do the rest of this stuff. This is good stuff. So this is just the, this is part one. We'll do part two when we come back, whenever that is. <laughs> Not next week. 
Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. This blew me away. This blew me away. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Are you there? Say amen. If you're not, say give me a minute. Okay. 22, 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, 6, and it says, I'm going, to read, I'm going to quote it out of the King James, and there's a reason why. It says, train up a child. No, I'll read it just like this. Start children off on the way they should go. Everybody say, on the way they should go. Say, on the way they should go. Now, the King James says, train up a child in the way he should go. Now, the word train... Train up, that phrase in the Hebrew, the word literally means narrow or to make narrow. Hang on to that. Make narrow. Make narrow. All right, everybody say make narrow. All right, that's what the word in the Hebrew literally means. It means to make narrow. And then it says train up a child in the way. Everybody say in the way. Now, that word in the way in the Hebrew is the word derek, derek. It's actually spelled like the name Derek, but it's derek. That's a Hebrew word, and the word derek means to set the course. To set the course. Everybody say to set the course. Now, many times in my young Baptist days, what I thought that this meant was Tell, a, tell your children about Jesus, and if they act a fool, at some point, they're going to come back to Jesus. Did you, did you think that? That's what it means? Train up a child in the way he should go, which means he's going to get saved. Teach him about the Lord. Teach him about Jesus. And when he's old, he won't depart from Jesus. No, it's much bigger than that. It's much, 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 much bigger than that. Train up a child in the way... And then that next part, he should go, is the word in Hebrew, P-E-H, peh, which means, now the word literally means, check this out, the word he should go literally means to blow on. Yeah, all right, what is that? Let's put it all together. So, if you will... Blow on your children's sails to put wind in their sails to set their, their direction and train them, narrow that. Because here's, here's what the scripture says. Now I'm going to give you another scripture. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. It we talks about first 12, 13, 14. It says... He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping, equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the full measure of the stature of the obedience of Christ. And then it says this, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro. Can you see that? Tossed by every wind of doctrine. So it almost gives you the picture that 
a child is like a ship on the sea, and the winds of all of these different doctrines toss them to and fro, and they have no direction, and they go everywhere, and they're just, they're just at the mercy of the, of the winds, tossed to and fro. Father says, that's not what's going to happen to my sons and daughters, because what I have placed inside of you, whether you are a natural mother or father, a spiritual mother and father, I have put in you the ability to set the course to reveal purpose. Whoa! Man, this is deep. Father has placed in you as a mother or father the ability to prophetically tap into something that will narrow the course so that kids aren't just going everywhere aimlessly, not making... He says, I want you to narrow it and set a course by my spirit, not control, not you trying to tell them what you think they're supposed to do, but get the direct mystery from the spirit of God, from the throne of God, so that you can speak prophetically into the life of a son or daughter. God has revealed that, and he gives it. You don't have to say, well, I believe you're going to do this. No, you can know what you can do. You can take the word of life and blow on them. (laughs) Blow on their sails. And let Holy Spirit reveal to you the course for their life so that they know who they are, and they know what they've been called to do in the earth. But you want to know what the problem is? See, many of us don't realize that the enemy attacks you like he attacked your parents, like he attacked your grandparents, like he attacked your great-grandparents, like he attacked your great-great-parents, great-great-grandparents. What was the purpose? To keep them from knowing who they were, because if they don't know who they are, they can't help tell you who you are. So many times we think, why is the enemy picking on me? Because you have been ordained to raise up a nation in the earth. And so he's picking on you so that you'll have a nation that doesn't know what it's called to do. And so you start to perpetuate this aimless, wandering, nomadic tribe of people who don't know that inside of them resides the power of God to change the atmosphere. Wow. Now, as I get ready to close, I'm going to share this. I got a lot I could share, but I'm going to share this, and we're going to end. David, the Bible says in Kings, I think it's 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 18 or so. It's either 8, 18 or 8. Let me look at my notes real quick. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. Solomon is talking now, I'm going to give you a revelation on something as we talk, because this is, the, the title of this is the leg, A Legacy of Purpose. David was an amazing warrior. Do you agree? God did some amazing three things through King David. But what was in David's heart, and it says it right here in verse 17 of 1 Kings, it was in his heart to build a temple for the Lord. 
And the Lord let him collect all of the money, all of the materials, all of the wood, all of the stone. He collected it all thinking that he was going to build it. And then when it got ready to do the groundbreaking, God says, that's not your job. That's your son's job. Do you hear that? See, this is what legacy is all about, and many times we miss it. Because many times in the body of Christ, we've been taught how to build empires and not leave legacy. Listen to me. We've been taught how to build empires and leave leg not leave legacy. Do you know there's more... Your, your greatest work will never be seen until you're gone. See, in America, we don't get that. In America, in, in the Western world, we don't get that. We, 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 we don't realize that the greatest thing that you can ever do is pour into somebody else because what happens, it's just like the scripture says, when a, when, uh, for this cause shall a man leave mother and father and cleave to his wife and they become one flesh. The greatest thing that can happen is for you to raise a child, not just to be your son or daughter, but to be someone who's going to bring another nation together and they're going to do mighty exploits in the earth. You don't get that. David said, it was in my heart. And one of the things that I, I really want you to get today, if you get nothing else, David said, it was in my heart to do this, but it wasn't my assignment. But what was his assignment was to make sure that his son knew how to build a house for the Lord and had everything that he needed to build a house for the Lord. See, that's the legacy of purpose. Always know that you have a purpose and you have a design. There's something that you're called to fulfill in the earth, but it, it is never complete if you don't pour yourself into someone else. Because whatever you do and you do alone, it dies when you die. That's why Jesus said it this way, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. And see, many of us have to understand that the greatest thing you can do in this moment in time is discover who it is that the Father has called you to pour yourself into. I'm a sports fanat uh, enthusiast. I'm not a fanatic anymore. But I am a sports enthusiast. But one of the things that uh, I, I'm an observer, I'm just an observer of life. And one of the things that I've noticed is the teams, whether football, baseball, or basketball, the great teams who have the great players, the great players, the great players, but then because they've got this great player, they don't draft somebody else. They don't pick somebody from college. They just keep hanging on to this person who's been in the league for 15, 20, 30 years. That's what the Denver Broncos are walking through right now because now Peyton Manning at 39 years old can't throw like he used to throw. He can't do all the things that he used to do. And they did not bother to have him raise up his successor. 
And so teams go through this lull where there is a void. There is something missing because they want it to all the glory for themselves. Let me tell you, what does purpose look like? What does legacy look like? It looks like you understanding and realizing that the greatest thing you can ever do is teach somebody to do it better than you can. Wow. The greatest thing you could ever do is teach somebody to do it better than you can. To pour yourself into someone. You are sitting here today because of 12 men who decided to pour themselves into someone else. We call them the apostles. Twelve men. Judas hung himself. They picked another one. But there were twelve men who got this word from Jesus. And he, even Jesus said this. You know, Jesus, they were like, don't go, don't go. He's like, you don't understand. Greater work shall you do when I leave. Whoa. He said, it's expedient to you that I go. It's better for you that I go. And he said this, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. Listen to that. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the utmost parts of the earth. Peter has never physically set his foot in Arizona, but his word has. Oh, glory to God. Paul has never crossed the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. But we still, somebody today is probably saying, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Why? Because Paul left a legacy of purpose. He left a legacy of purpose. And he poured into someone else. And he called forth destiny out of someone else's loins. And now they know who they are. Because a word of the wind of the Spirit blew into the sails of their life, narrowed the path so that they aren't just going all over the place trying to figure out who they are. There's a narrow beam of this is who I am. This is what I've been called to do. This is what God has anointed me and appointed me for such a time as this. And the words of Paul or R.W. Schombach or Kenneth Copeland or some other pastor is breathing on the sails of your purpose and you're headed in the right course. And at some point, you can say the same thing that Paul said. I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I kept the faith. And not only did I finish my course, but I made sure that I put the word of life into you so you could accomplish your course. We certainly want to thank you for listening to Your Destiny Today podcast. And we pray that it was something that was said that was a blessing and that inspired you. If so, if you haven't done already, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast and also to um, ask your friends to listen in and hopefully they'll be blessed and inspired to subscribe as well. 
We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We will be coming on weekly, like I said, with inspirational messages, with biblical teaching, and uh, with informative discussions with special guests. So we hope that you'll join us for another episode of Your Destiny Today. God bless. We'll see you next week.